0: Hey, welcome back to Blair and Barker. For Hi, boy. Wednesday.
1: You read it off the.
0: No, I didn't. Because that wouldn't mean Women I have to down. look over Just the Just look year.
1: there. This is like
0: there's been more ball busting going on today. Yeah, directed yeah. towards me than, than sometimes. Sometimes
1: you're an easy target. That is true. The fact.
0: That is true. That is true. And then I go to the park and then you
1: only pick Haz- up, Hazel re re you know,
0: relives it re- rewinds it for me.
1: You only pick on the people you like. Isn't that how that works? Most
0: oh, allegedly. Time. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh the uh my DMs are open by the way for Barker's back leg bits. That's the part of the show later on where we let you, the listener or viewer, um, ask questions of Kevin. So, uh my Twitter handle is SN Jeff Blair. Is that was that little ping there from your phone? That somebody oh, somebody already DMing. No. Uh, feel free to uh, DM myself with your question for Kevin. And we'll let Kevin answer the question, and then I will provide translation.
1: <laughs> I see what you're trying to when do. it's done. It's not
0: working. Uh, game three of the three-game series against the Seattle Mariners goes tonight at the Rogers Center. It'll be Kevin Gossman in the mound for the Jays, Marco Gonzalez for the Mariners, the Jays have taken the first two games of the series. And I made the point before the break that, you know, in a lot of ways you look at the Seattle Mariners and they're, they're kind of like the Jays. They've got a blend of young homegrown prospects. They've got prospects or young players such as JP Crawford that have come from other organizations. And they've added some really nice pieces around pieces like Jesse Winker and, and in, in particular, and you know, I, Going into the year, going into the year, I really, 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 man, I so wanted to, I, I so wanted to have the Mariners to, to be the guy who would stand up there and say, "I'm picking the Mariners to win the division." Well, I didn't pick them to win it. No, though. but I'm saying, yeah, I, we both. I really, really wanted mm-hmm. that to happen, and I still listen. I still think they're a team that's going to be in playoff contention. I don't have any doubt about that. But I mean, they've lost 15 of 20, and uh, as I mentioned, they've got Kevin Gossman tonight, so. It's interesting because I think there might be some similarities, certainly offensively, between the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays. And Manny Acta is the a Mariners coach. He's formerly manager with Cleveland and Washington, and also for those of you listening in Montreal, of course, a uh, coach with the Montreal Expos. Manny, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. It's it's great to talk to you again. I trust I trust that you and your 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 family are doing well. Um, I, I just wanted to ask you, you know, it I mean, we're in a situation in Toronto right now where this team is is life and death to do anything with runners and scoring position. And Vladdy hasn't really had the type of year I think a lot of people thought he was going to have. You're you've been around a lot of young players, you've managed young teams. Now you've got a team in the Mariners that's got a young core as well. I think they're the one of the youngest core position players in baseball what's it like when a team of kind of youngish guys who have high expectations on them going into the year just early in the season find themselves almost like trying to roll that that boulder up the hill and it keeps rolling back on them
2: yeah uh good morning Jeff and good morning Kevin um In our case, in uh, the Jays case, and as you mentioned, uh, the young players' case, what's what what's so hard? It's uh, for them to understand, or for us to convince them that still early, (laughs) you know, Uh, they don't want to hear that. Uh, A lot of the young kids are uh, driven by results, and uh, you know, when you talk about the process, and you talk about, hey, we we got plenty of games to play, just take it one bad at a time, continue to. To trust the process, it's it's hard because they're, they're young and they want to see instant results, and uh, and that's what's going on in some of those cases. But uh, uh, we feel that that it's very early that all of those guys are gonna uh, are, are gonna step up and and and, and have better results. But uh, it's not easy. It's not easy uh, to tell a kid, a young kid, that uh, when when they call home, they want to be able to tell their parents or their girlfriends that they went two for four. They don't they don't care if I go for four and, 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 and have good EV, you know, exit Villo and, or any of that kind of stuff. So uh, that's why, that's what's so hard, but some guys are more mature than other ones. And, uh, you know, it takes some of the veterans around them to, uh, to help the coaching staff, uh, uh, keep them calm and keep them uh, on the right path. And, and that's what we're hoping here. And I know that, you know, the Blue Jays are going to be okay too. They, they have the pitching just, uh, just like we do, uh, the thing that keeps us uh, a little bit at peace is that we're pitching well. And at some point, uh, somebody in our lineup, two, three guys, not somebody, two or three guys are going to join the party of J.P. Crawford and, and Ty France and Julio Rodriguez right now and help us score more runs.
1: Manny, you've been around a long time, and whenever I watch good teams, like the Red Sox, like the Blue Jays, like Seattle, having issues with runners in scoring position, I, I, it makes me wonder. Uh, you know, you're closer to the game than we are. You see it, you know, off the field and on the field. Is it different now trying to hit with runners in scoring position than it was, say, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago? <laughs>
2: uh, it is different uh, yes it has become different because of the stuff yeah i mean you play you played the game, but i what i'm telling you this is this is sickening right now. how many guys throw from mid uh, mid nineties to a hundred with nasty secondary stuff and it's it has become tougher and tougher to hit, and it's just not with runners in the scoring <laughs> position and uh it, it's hard man guys guys are evolving they're they're bigger they're stronger. Um, and the reaction time for the hitters, it's, it's not the same. It's, it's, it's very hard, and I know that you can bring up a few names, but those are the elite guys in the game, yep. and uh, you gotta, you got to give it to the pitchers, and that, that's where it's at. I mean, when I hear people make excuses about the baseballs and this and that, nah, 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 nah. Everything falls on the, on the pitchers that are nastier than, than ever this years.
0: I mean, speaking of young players you guys have a, a guy in julio rodriguez and i've been able to catch him on tv a couple of times and of course i you know a lot of reading about him in spring training it was pretty hard not to once you just started looking around and following the different players manny how, how good can this could be i've got to tell you first of all when i i saw him in the flesh yesterday i i you know I, you look at a guy's height and weight and everything you go okay fine <laughs> he's a big he's big and he's big and yeah. lean and i know at some point that you know that he might might even put more muscle on i i i hope not because he just looks like such a he looks like such a stud right now but um how good can he be because yeah you watch him and it's like everything he does is athletic tying shoes i, I saw him he was he was changing his tying his shoes he looked athletic
2: <laughs> yes uh Julio's legit, guys. He's legit. I mean, if you uh, if you take into consideration that Julio only played half of the season in double A last year, he started in IA and hasn't had an at bat in triple A, and, and he's aging all that. He's legit. Uh, he started the season slow, but he's, uh, his makeup is off the charts, and he, he's a guy that doesn't get affected by how he's going on the field. He He's really focused on what he has to do, and he. You know, he has gotten out of that funk and he's going to continue to make adjustments. And, and as you mentioned, you know, we we all knew he could hit. He's got some power. He's going to elevate the ball pretty soon and the, the homers are going to come. But his speed is mm-hmm. something that we didn't even think about it that much because we were just concentrating on his hitting over the last couple of years that we've seen him in big league camp. But Julio, is uh, it's a complete package and uh, and he's, 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 his makeup is what's going to make difference. We, we all know that in the minor leagues, you can survive from the shoulders down if you have athletic ability. But in the big leagues, it's from the shoulder up. And this guy got a great um, head above his shoulder. Uh, he has all those other intangibles. And, you know, he came quick. He came really quick. He, he forced our hands in spring training by being our best players out of spring training. And, Uh, He's going to be really good. He works really hard um, on his body. As you mentioned, he might become bigger at some point and and, and will lose some of that elite speed that he has right now. But he takes pride on it. I mean, this guy, he gets on base and he wants to run every single time and he enjoys it. And uh, hopefully he doesn't lose any of that.
1: Manny, whenever you were talking about being a smart hitter, I started thinking about when I when I was in my career first coming up, I was with Jeff Jenkins, and we would go from one series to the other, and Jeff would always tell me that you've made it as a hitter if you are hearing rumblings of a pitching staff having to game plan against you. Like, they know that you're good coming in here. they got to get you out. And the one guy that, that <laughs> I think that's not given enough credit is Ty France. I, I watch him. I just think his swing's simple. I know that the Jays have done a good job of getting him out the last couple of days, but what can you tell us about him? What what kind of person, what kind of hitter is he?
2: Well, first of all, he's an awesome person and and he's a great teammate. Uh, He's a very humble guy. He keeps it simple. His swing. Kev. I mean, this is a guy who from day one that we have gotten him. He doesn't talk about launch angle or anything like that. Obviously, you know, he wants to get the ball up in the air and get the extra bases as as he does, but he uses the whole field, and that's the main thing for him. Way too many guys nowadays have the same swing, and that's why you see middle infielders, 170 pounds, being shifted because everybody has pretty much the same swing. Everybody's trying to get the ball up in the air, but if you can hit, you can get the ball up in the air and hit the ball out from pole to pole, and this guy, that's a, that's his issue. He uses the whole field. He can hit a line drive down the right field line, and then the next pitch, he'll pull it out to the out of the ballpark. He gets his foot down early, and he's ready to hit. And uh, you know, uh, he is the guy that from day one, as you mentioned, the other teams have to be prepared for it. And uh, he, he has hit all his life from the minor leagues over there with the Padres. He's got he, he got here, and he hasn't stopped hitting. And you know, he just doesn't doesn't complicate things. And uh, when you do that. You, you're going to be consistent at the play. This guy really doesn't get out of his uh, his, his approach and um, doesn't worry about how many homers he's going to hit or not. He will want to hit 30. But he's not changing anything on his swing. He's just seeing the ball and then letting his eyes tell him what to do with it, and that's what makes him successful.
1: Manny, we talk about pressure. We we rarely say that that the coaching staff has pressure. And and when we talk about third base coaches, I was, I was listening to you talk about hitting with runners in scoring position, and I can remember last night, Louis Rivera. Uh, I believe Santiago Espinal with Alejandro Kirk was on second base. You know, Blue Jays are the last runners in scoring position. It's it's not been good for them. And I was thinking about Louie and the pressure he would have. Alejandro Kirk, we all know, is not the fastest guy, right? It's it's, it's going to maybe take a double to score him from second. Let's be honest. So, But there is that pressure for a third-base coach to go, I do know that our team's not very good with runners in scoring position. And I got got a guy at the plate who got a hit. Is that come into play when you're a third base coach and you know the situation? Is there pressure on you to to make the right call, knowing how your team's doing offensively?
2: Well, it does because uh, when things go that way, then then you wanna you wanna try to to overdo stuff and you wanna help the cost, basically. But that's when uh, as third base coaches, we uh we have to be cautious and not make the mistake because. You can't force things yeah. actually, if the team is not hitting with runners in the scoring position, you can't force things as you just mentioned uh, B Kirk be, in our case, France or Ford or one of those guys that, that is not a speedster, and you know you just gotta, <laughs> you just got to make sure that you hey, it, it's up to them. I can't be pushing the envelope and try to become over aggressive and, and at times at third base coaches we do, we do make that mistake that hey, we're not scoring enough runs, gosh, we're being shut out. Two out of the last three games, right? and oh, we haven't been scoring enough. Uh, I gotta try to score this guy, and that's when uh, things get get worse. So you know, two runs doesn't make one right, yep. and uh, you know, Louis is very good at what he does, and sure but it does get to us. It does get to us.
0: I wanted to ask you about Abraham Toro, who of course will be interest here. He is a Venezuelan Canadian <laughs> from Montreal uh we know he's a young switch hitter um you know we know that the for the longest time it was I had somebody with the Houston Astros keep they kept calling him our, our hidden secret <laughs> our hidden secret then all of a sudden the hidden secret gets traded to gets traded to Seattle what do you guys have with him because it's obvious that Scott it's obvious there's, there's you want to have a lot of faith in him, don't you? Like, he's the type of, of player, switch hitter, can play multiple positions. You really do want to have faith in this guy.
2: We do. We like Toro a lot. He uh, he can hit. Uh, he's hit in the minor leagues, and, uh, you know, he's shown flashes up here. He, he, he dominated the strike zone, which is something that we like. He, he's got a pretty good idea of the strike zone, and he's got a quick bat from both sides of the plate. Uh, he... he he had some big hits for us last year, and as you mm-hmm. mentioned in today's game, a guy who has the flexibility to move around second, third, uh, summon the outfield, and can swing the bat from both sides. He runs well too. We really like him, and uh, and we're giving him every every opportunity. He started slow, but he, he's been swinging the bat better uh, of late. And uh, if you can see, I mean, uh, anytime we got a chance to get him into the lineup, Scotty does because. Uh, we have faith that this guy is going to be a good hitter up here.
1: Marco Gonzalez is throwing for you guys tonight. What can Jays fans expect from him?
2: A lot of strikes. Mm. This is a guy who uses that that quadrant uh, very well and not afraid. Marco is not uh, overpowering, but he throws strikes, pitches ahead, and he uses all his pitches. And uh, you know he's been uh, successful in this league. He's thrown over 200 innings before. He's one of our uh, go-to guy along with. Uh, Robbie Ray and the young phenom that you saw last night. So we trust Marco. He's always keeps us in the game, regardless who we're playing against. And uh, this is not going to be any different tonight.
0: Uh, Before I let you run, I did want to ask you about Robbie Ray and his impact, his impact on the team. Uh, I mean, obviously he was brought in. He's a saw a young winner. Uh, We all know what Robbie can do here. Uh, What has his impact been? And I know the numbers probably aren't what what Robbie would, would like them to be, but... Um, as you say, it is early.
2: Yeah, and and as you mentioned, the numbers is they're not everything. Uh, a lot of the the other intangibles, the guys can see him. His last start in New York, even when he gave up a few runs, we 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 could see what Robbie's made out of. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of heart, and uh, he's got another stuff that probably that work can be used here on radio. But he, he, he's got. The guts, I mean, he he shows them out there. and He's a guy we look forward to see every five days, and uh, he made an uh, instant impact in our club because, you know, he was a big sign, and that's something that we wanted to see uh, in order for us to move forward and try to take the next step and and compete for a playoff spot this year.
0: Manny, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Terrific insight. See you at the park tonight. Thanks, Manny.
2: All right, guys. Take care. Bye, Kev. Bye, Jeff.
0: Take care. See you. That's Manny Acta, um, one of the really good people in in the awesome. game. Done a lot of things in the game, and uh, uh, was a it was actually when Vlady Senior came up with the uh, the expos. It was, I can't, was kind of the kind of the interpreter. I can't
1: imagine when your when your team you know is not doing things that you expect your team to be doing, and just that third base coach of of not pressing and and. Getting, getting guys thrown out at home place it can't, well, be, it can't be the easiest look, thing. Now I know last look at, night. Look with at Louis. what Phil
0: Nevin went through with the New York uh, Yankees when they were scuffling.
1: There you Phil go. Phil Nevin became, in some ways, one of the scapegoats for that that team. There you go. It's, it's not can't be the easiest thing for, for a third-base coach to to put the two hands up and go, no, I'm trusting the guy on the on-deck circle to come up and have a good at-bat when I haven't seen him do, actually do it actually this year. Him. So, you know, <laughs> it, can, it, can't, it can't, be, can't be the easiest thing. Now, yep. I know last night with Louie uh, Kirk running, because <laughs> he looks like he's running in mud. No fifth but it may, he makes it a little easier for you to do that. But, Kevin, I think it's the, the third-base coach. I'm
0: sure if you, you've talked enough of them, they tell you that, and, and Manny did mention this. We always talk about wanting to put players in the position where they can be their best. And that is ultimately any Mm -hmm. sport, right? The best coaches, yeah, they've got the tactical genius and all that. But the best coaches in any sport also have a knack of making sure that they're not asking too many people to do things that they can't do. That's a recipe for disaster. And I would think that's the same thing with the third base coaches. Yeah, you know what? The Jays haven't been scoring runs but that doesn't make Alejandro Kirk fast. No. You know what I mean? Does, yeah. We we can't we we can't we can't beg <laughs> borrow or steal or run in scoring position, but Alejandro Kirk still isn't sure. fast. Uh where I find it I, I think it might manifest itself a little more as I'm not gonna call guys that are tweeners because I don't Kevin, it seems to me in baseball now, you're either real fast or you're real slow. It 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 it, it i I don't know if there's necessarily any any of those those middle ground guys, but that's where I think it would be it would be a tough call if you've got a guy who's
1: quick but not necessarily a good base runner.
0: Yeah,
1: who, who doesn't really know how to get a big secondary lead? Get a, you know, start off the base smaller, getting that bigger secondary lead. Like, did you see Rodriguez run
0: yesterday? His now the. Manny was talking about what inning was it? Uh, da, 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 where he was he was caught stealing in the fourth or fifth inning. But his stolen base after Bar- Barrios had thrown over a couple of times. Uh huh. His, I mean, the break he got was amazing. A
1: lot, a lot of guys just know that make up with for bad base running with just raw speed. Yeah. And then there's everybody else, and everybody else has to get good secondary leads have to cut the corners better than most people. I took pride and running the bases. I wasn't a fast guy, but I was a really good base runner. I had really good secondary leads. I knew how to take a lead at first and not have throwovers, yeah. but still be able to go first to third on a ball that's hit right at somebody in the outfield because I knew how to run the bases. I knew myself. I knew if I got a big secondary lead and knew how to get my momentum on my foot, my right foot hit the ground and get it going towards the base and I could cut that angle, I could go first to third. I could go first to home. And I took pride in that. And a lot of this is... Got to take pride in it.
0: Who do you think, who's the best base runner in the, and I'm talking speed, instinct on Jays. this team? Yeah,
1: That's a great question. Uh, Bo, I like Bo. Bo takes chances. Bo gets good secondary leads. Now. We have seen him get picked off. Uh, I think Vladdy's gotten better. Mm-hmm. George Springer, George Springer a lot of the times takes chances that I don't like, but he is a good first to third guy. He is a good yeah. first to home guy, which you take pride in that. Like you got to take pride in your base running. The, your job's not over when you get on first base, especially when your team stinks at hitting when it matters the most. You got to be better at that. And that's how the Blue Jays could win some games by being better at secondary leads. And, uh, you know, I think I think with what I've seen from Louie uh, before games, they take pride in base, running the base. It's just not out there lollygagging. Mm-hmm. Lollygagging is not a good thing. A lot of teams do that, where they go through the motions. You know, you make them go first uh, home to f- home the first, home to second after they take a round of batting practice, and they lollygag. Well, and you know what they say they about really
0: lollygagging, right? Mm. What does it make you if you lollygag? You're a lollygagger. You're a lollygagger. That's
1: so right. I, I, I do believe the the base running has been at least what I saw in spring training when I was down there. They do want to be better at it. They do want to take the extra base. They are very aggressive. Uh, the obvious guys that you would think Danny Jansen is a good base runner. Mm -hmm. We've seen Danny Jansen cut corners and, and get big secondary leads. It's, it's an art. You got to take pride in that. You got to watch the game. You got to watch guys who aren't fast runners. How do they do it? And you take it from that and you sort of try and apply it to your game and the better teams who are better base. runners, Look at the Yankees. We've had Yankee people on this show that talk about their base running. Mm -hmm. They're not athletic team. But they're now better at base running because they have confidence in doing it. And it's something that's been drawn to their attention that they need to be better at. So when they're at first base, go first to third on a ball that you normally wouldn't because we can't be so base to base or so stationary. So
0: it seems to me that when we talk about base running more now, more often than not, we're talking about that the ability to get secondary leads, the ability to go first to third or first to home compared to how we always used to base running used to mean automatically. Can you feel, can you steal second? Can you steal third? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that other stuff was sort of, yeah, that kind of came naturally. But now when we talk about base running and base instincts, it is that, that ability to, it's kind of like court awareness, the ability of, to be able to go from first to third, which is – it's huge. When there's a lot of swing and miss in the game, man, that's
1: huge. I shouldn't need Mark Mark Budzinski to walk over to me and say, check the outfield. I shouldn't have to – Good teams don't need coaches to tell them to go first to third. I shouldn't have to pick up a third base coach to tell me, to come on, let's go, move it over here. I shouldn't need that. I should be a good enough base runner because I see it before it actually happens. And if I see a ball that's hit not very hard, I know where that guy started. There's no way he can run over there, do a spin, and throw me out at third even though I'm a slow runner. It's the little things that make good teams great teams.
0: And I'll tell you what, man, now with four-man outfields, and with sure. the ball dying, the job of the third base coach is, it got, just got more got more difficult. I mean, it really
1: did. Yeah, I, I always took it as the third base coach is only over there to stop me, not to tell me to go. I know whether I should go or not. Okay. I'm a smart enough base runner. Right. If I'm on second base and, and I know where a ball's hit and I know because I've checked before the play actually happens. There's, basic rules aren't there. there's almost are. a
0: base, there's a, there's a checkpoint you go through when you're in second sure
1: base. Sure it is. The the easiest one is to how deep are they? I turn around look at the outfield. You see everybody that's standing on second base. They turn around, they look to see how deep they are. So if I see a guy, even though a guy hits a ball hard, 105 miles an hour off the bat, because they're so deep, there's no way he can run in, catch it, and make an accurate throw if I get a good secondary lead and I have good momentum when my foot hits the ground the foot that's closest to that bag, I can score on that because I'm cutting good corners just because I've already, I've already knew it. I already knew that you were so deep. No chance you're doing that. It gives me an advantage. It makes me a better. We talk about that teammate thing. We're beat that to death. For me, a good teammate's a good base runner. Because that, you know what that does? If I'm an RBI guy and I've been straight, if I'm Vladdy, yeah. and and I got a guy that's on second base and I hit a screaming one hopper to the center fielder, but because he got a good jump at second base it makes me a better hitter. Gives me more confidence. That makes me a good teammate. I take pride in that. Yeah, that's it's that's,
0: that's very that's very sure true. Sure is. Good At teammate
1: least. is a guy that helps you get paid. Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. That's... Gets me out of slumps. And, and because yep. I'm a good base runner, I take pride in that. I do my job before the play actually happens. And I know what kind of secondary lead, what kind of jump, how much momentum, the way I need to cut that corner because of where that ball was hit. It's take pride in that.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, it's 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 fun when you watch a team that really does well on the bases. It's just oh, it is. It, it it's
1: somebody sliding into home plate, and that guy that hit the ball is you know because of the throw he's taken to second. How excited he is because yeah. of how good a jump that guy got. It's it that for me is contagious because now I want to run the bases like that dude does. Yeah, he's good at it. Yeah. No, it it's
0: it's it's funny how when you talk to to managers and you talk about aggressiveness and all that. The a lot of baseball is stationary, but the way you can create energy and create aggressiveness is is doing that. It's on the base pass. It's the secondary release, taking the extra base. It's getting a good read on the ball, hitting the gap, and all that stuff. Or tagging up and and you know going to second. All all of that, all of that stuff. Or going actually more going second to third in the tag up stuff like that. Really, that's how you create energy. That's how you create energy because now there's a sense that we really are passing the baton because this guy's gone from here to here and now this guy's coming up and it's almost let's keep it going.
1: Don't forget, too, those hits with runners in scoring position with the Blue Jays are far few between. So when you get one, you better better cut good corners, you better get good jumps. Barker's back leg bits is next.
0: Barker's back leg, that's a lot of Bs. Barker's back leg bits are, is, is next. This is Blair and Barker on Sportsnet five ninety The Fan three hundred and sixteen wherever you get your favorite podcast. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I just got a uh, message from Clifton five ninety five ninety the uh, text line. Just through doing something over and over, you become good at it. Base stealing is not a part of the Jays' game plan. They'll be good at it. So, in other words, the more you do it, the better you get. Yeah, I, I do think that they're I, – I I think it I think it has to be an important part of and, – and I'll tell you what, I think next. N- next year, talking to some people at the ballpark last night about what the game will look like next year with the shift out – the way there's a lot of layers to that about how about the impact that is going to have someone pointed out to me you know we've basically got a whole core of young players who've come up knowing nothing but the shift if you look at the game right now I mean guys like Bo they they were shifting when they were in the minors right uh and and taking that away from them one guy told me that a lot of stuff that's been disguised is going to become is going to become more apparent. I think it's going to change the way it's going to change the way a lot of people look at look at different players. And I, I don't know, Kevin. Does that make? I, we just don't know because there's so much is different with this game right now with the balls and everything. I just wonder if maybe that doesn't even make base running more important.
1: I remember to get rid of this. I'm curious. I know, maybe, to, I'm <laughs> curious to see about the 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 defender that's right up the middle, the guy that's right behind second base. You know how many lineas that I've seen? Guys just lay the balls. last night,
0: last night, I mean, ask Mr. Just move that guy. Exactly. Ask Mr. Bichette and Mr. Hernandez about the first inning, the line out to second base. Now, in one of those cases, it was a shift, I do believe.
1: How many, how many times that we've been told as hitters coming up, no matter what level you're at, when in doubt, hit it where it was pitched. And usually that is right up the middle. And when you stay inside a baseball and you square one up and you have know, seen Lourdes do that a couple of times where he's hit a couple of balls hard to that defender standing right behind second base bag. And you know, that will be, that'll be an interesting thing to see too, when you don't have a shift and you got to have a couple of guys on each side of the bag, where would they put them? Will they still put one there close to that part, that place on the defensive side of That'll be an interesting thing to look at too. Yeah. I'm,
0: I'm going to be fascinated to see what that, uh, how that how that plays out i still don't it's going to come i was going to say i still don't know how i feel about sort of eliminating something that is uh an important part of um of uh you know strategy of the game i i generally as i said i generally dislike screwing around with that mm. but um
1: what will your raise do
0: although oh, it doesn't matter they've already figured it out they already know already figured it out yeah they've uh figured it out um the uh this this is interesting i don't, I don't know where this uh but I saw this in social media today. Well, you know what? Well, this this ties into Barker's back leg bits. So it's let's, time let's for Barker's, Barker's back, back leg, bits leg
2: bits. I don't know who he was praying to, but Barker's like, "Get up, get out of here!" And the guy's right at the fence, like, "I got this one," you know. The umpires would throw the balls out, like, "Hey, Barker's up! Bring in the six balls. We need the dead ones. Bring in the dead ones." Hey,
1: Bark, why don't you just not worry about it? <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: You know, you laughed just as hard as I did in the uh, John Gibbons. I was thing. just trying to be nice. Hmm? So, a lot of folks, Kevin, have, uh, are weighing in on uh, the Jays' look for a left-handed bat. And, um, you know, they're talking about, obviously, the options we, we, we've talked about. Uh, you know, I, I didn't hear this, but apparently Buster Olney from ESPN has talked about the Jays. <laughs> now, I can't even say this. But the Nationals are looking to move Juan Soto. Because
1: uh, they don't want to pay him a half a billion dollars.
0: Yeah, which I think is just stupid. But anyhow, what do I mean? What do I know? I know there's some ownership issues going on in Washington as well. And and I, I guess because I, I I didn't hear it, but I guess Buster had mentioned the possibility the Jays might be a team Oof. that that. I mean, I don't even want to go down that road. Uh, I mean, would, would you take him? <laughs> Maybe I might find room for him. But but man, I, play I him
1: and Vladdy both. But the think. reason
0: the reason I wanted to bring that up is Travis in Saskatoon asked about it uh, in particular, and a couple of other uh, listeners did as well, and they're just wondering, they're wondering what, they're wondering what what you would be prepared to do, what you would be prepared, Kevin Barker, what you would be prepared to do to get a good left-handed bat in this lineup, and by that, are we talking about somebody you would bring in for the rest of the year, maybe a trade deadline acquisition. Are we talking about a youngish guy that you can have a, a left-handed Matt Chapman or something like that? Somebody who plays another position. I, I think we need to, I, I, I mean, I don't know how you feel Kevin, but I think the Braves showed us last year that you really have to, it's not just simply a matter of handedness anymore. And I'd be lying if I said that I've done a deep dive into every alleged available left-handed back bat out there, and I could tell you what Andrew Benintendi's real strengths are and real weaknesses are. I could tell you what Ian Happ's real strengths and real weaknesses are. Um, but what would you? Where would you
1: be prepared to for, first, go to get that of lefty bat? First of all, at least for me. I, I would be. You'd have to be realistic on where you think your team's at, and and has the the, the hot start that the Yankees have gotten off to. Changed your mind in any way about what you how you want to attack the middle of the season or the end of the season for the Blue Jays? Has that changed your mind? Uh do you think the the runners in scoring position, the issues that the Blue Jays are having, will a lefty fix that? Is that all it takes? You bring in one decent left-handed hitter, the one soto of thing me is a little silly. I mean, you know, to even think about getting him, you're giving up the entire farm system for him. Well, depending do you, on depending really on what to is, do that, and he, do you think you're going to pay him? Yeah, I mean, that's, I, so that's not realistic for me. I mean, if you do, you'd have to really sit, realistically think about that, and then you're thinking about who you might want to give up, well, up on your line. big league this team. Is, this and-
0: is a team that this is a team that has got to figure out how to pay how to how to pay Vladdy and Bo, um, and they've got Brios, Springer. We forget this. They've got Brio Springer, and Gossman. Those guys are they're they're locked up for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I would, I would hesitate to say you're looking at a at a budget left-handed hitter, but again, I would just ask people if you are going to make a play for a major left-handed bat, where would you put them? The only place would be somebody who could DH and maybe play the outfield because you're not you're, Espinal's your Espinosa's th- your second baseman. Let's just settle that now. He's your second baseman. Uh, Chapman's at third. Bichette's at short. Vladdy's at first. Like that. That's that's why Ramirez was such a good fit for this team mm-hmm. because of where he would play. Um, You've you got to keep that in mind. You can't just go out and and add a a guy because he's left handed and throw him in the lineup. You know, I and for example, left hand hitting. Maybe you get a guy left hand hitting third baseman. Put him in the lineup. He's not as good defensively as Matt Chapman. Why would you do that?
1: What if you get a left handed left fielder? The way Lourdes has gotten off to his start this season, he he would have to fight for some playing time. I I think that's
0: the most likely. Mm -hmm. The I think that's the most likely scenario. You know, and and you would have to think if you perhaps you get that left hand hitting outfielder. Who can also play a little center field on the days you want to have Springer DH or have Springer play right field? I think we're, I, I, I still think that ultimately there's a possibility there that we see George Springer playing more games in right field than we do in center. If you're, maybe not maybe not this year. If your
1: thoughts have not changed about this team the way you feel about them, the slow start they've gotten off to offensively, then you go out and you try and make a, a solid move, maybe not a drastic move where you're giving up the farm system for it. But you, you make a solid move that will make you harder to pitch to. That's the whole point in this whole thing is you got a bunch of righties who you pitch to the exact same way. It's everything away in an elevated fastball. That's basically how you're getting righty after righty after righty out. And gets back to the point that I made earlier about Vladdy. Vladdy's going to have to get this thing going a little bit. Like, Vladdy's going to have to be Vladdy. A that, that little bit of what we saw Vladdy last year, however that is. Like, he's going to have to make some major changes when it comes to the way he's attacking these guys, the rhythm and timing of his gather has to get a little bit better. It's time now. It's middle of May. We've seen sort of the same Vladdy over and over again. Now, how's it get fixed? That's the thing. Once they get that taken care of, for me, everything else is going to fall in place. Matt Chapman is what Matt Chapman is offensively. They're a better defensive team with Matt Chapman on the field. Lourdes, that's the question mark for me. Lourdes is, is between his ears. And I've been through some seasons at the minor league level. When you get between your ears, no matter how many times you got Bo Bichette standing around you going, stay short to it and long through it. I, I'm seeing his lips move, <laughs> but I ain't hearing what's coming out of it. And n- now it's, it's a little that how, how long will that slump last? And I'm sure Ross has, mind has not changed no matter what's going on around him, because I don't think that's how you can run your team, but it's a question. So it's something you're going to have to answer.
0: This is a question from Kareem in Ottawa. He wants to know, Kevin, what's the mentality around swinging at a first pitch for a big league hitter? It seems like the Jays often take a pitch right down the middle of the plate for their first pitch, then expand. And you talked about Springer's very first at bat last night. Uh, that was Monday was an example. He let the first pitch go. It was center cut fastball at low 90s. That seemed like a pitch he could have gone back like City on. That's his word. I love it. The second pitch was an elevated fastball. He swung at that one. It didn't do anything with it. And he said, look, I know it's easy for fans watching that center field camera to second guess. But he's just Kareem's just trying to understand the approach, like the magic around or not the magic, but the talk around swinging at a first Listen pitch.
1: to Manny. Manny came on and said how nasty pitching is, how how hard it is with runners in scoring position to face nasty all the time and how hard it is reaction time because of high velocity and tunneling of secondary pitches and how much they want to live and die by breaking balls now. So you're trying to recognize, you're trying to get in an athletic position to hit velocity. And oh, by the way, oh, oh, you're trying to figure out ways to not chase because those are no longer fastball counts. And you're understanding, for me at least, I mean, it's a very good question. But you can understand why league average, I think, on on two-strike pitches are in the 180s. So to say that you have any chance of consistently barreling barreling up two-strike pitches, throw that out the window. So if I'm a hitter now, I'm trying to get it ready in the strike zone on a good pitch to hit. It's no longer about velocity. It's no longer about fastballs. It's getting a good pitch to hit. Oh, oh! You know, that could be a breaking ball. That could be a, a changeup. That could be a fastball. So you're trying to cover all of those. And oh, by the way, you're trying to beat the shift. When when Larry Walker <laughs> when Larry Walker
0: broke in with the Expos, one of the knocks against him was that he 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 didn't want to see a lot of pitches. Like, one of the knocks against him is he would swing at a lot of first pitches. And and Larry and it was it, it was a sort of one of those baseball things that. You'd you'd hear from Tommy Harper, whoever the hitting coach was, you know he's got to be a little more patient. He's got to be a little more selective. And Larry's reaction would be, it's funny because every time I hear a pitching coach speak, all I hear him say is we got to get first pitch strike, got to get ahead 0-1. So Larry was saying, you know Larry's Larry's way. Now I'm not the most I'm not the smartest person on the planet, but if the pitcher's trying to get ahead of me 0-1 with a strike and I swing at the first pitch. I'm swinging at a strike, which is half the battle right there. I mean, now, you know, Larry Walker, of course, is, you know, I mean. I, what you, want to, do, you, you Vaughn, want to
1: do, you want to refine that to the point where I'm just not trying to get a hit. I'm trying to do damage early in counts. With two strikes, I'm just trying to get a hit. I'm just trying to put a ball in play. But you can think, we talk about expectation. We talk about pressure. Springer's got pressure. Bichette's got pressure. Vladdy's got pressure. Teoscar got hurt, was out for a while. Kirk's trying to find his way. Chapman's not a great hitter. Lourdes is up and down. He's a streaker hitter. Santiago Espinal came out of left field. We had no idea he was this kind of hitter. And Topia may not be an everyday player. There's a lot of things in there when it comes to expectations and guys who are expected to carry lineups for periods of time who, quite frankly, maybe not be able to do it. And that's the whole point here is... Is there? It's, it's it's a fine line between how aggressive you want to be and what you're trying to do early in counts. For me, I just wanted to get my pitch. If I got my pitch and I put my best mechanical swing on that pitch, I thought a lot of the times I was going to hit that ball hard somewhere And because I had power, no matter where I hit it line to line, and now you add the dead ball to it, you add the shift to it, you add the high velocities, you add the wanting to throw secondary pitches more than they throw fastballs. Hitting has never been harder. And sometimes I think, and I'm in this, I'm going to throw my name in this mix. I think his fans, baseball fans, not Blue Jays fans, we should take a step back and go, they're really good. And hitting's never been harder. Manny said it. He's he's closer to it than we are. He's behind the scenes. He hears how people talk. He hears how players talk. We should take a step back and understand that. And and maybe, you know, patience. I hate that word because it's hard. Manny said it too. Young guys hate that word, patience. Don't be patient, but you have to this day and age. The guys that can, the lineups that can. Look at the Yankees. The Yankees, for me, are a better lineup this year because they're more patient. Mm -hmm. They hammer pitches that they should be hammering because they can take that one to get that one. The more teams that can do that, take that one to get that one, are going to look more like the Astros, more like the Yankees, somewhat like the Angels. So you add talent, and you add that good approach of "I take that one to get that one," and the Blue Jays just consistently haven't been doing that. No, it's
0: it's it's very and quite frankly, Vladdy,
1: Vladdy's been struggling all year. When you're when your best player, your best hitter, who's supposed to carry your team all the time, it's not fair, but it's realistic. He hasn't he hasn't been that Vladdy for whatever reason. Adjustments. And that's it's, so it's accumulation of a bunch of things.
0: Uh, what are you expecting tonight, Kevin Gossman against Marco Gonzalez? You're like, you're explain why you think Marco Gonzalez is going to be.
1: He's a pitcher, not a thrower. And what do the Blue Jays have issues with? We just said it on the text. We, we talked about that for five minutes about expanding. If I'm a pitcher and not a thrower, and I can see that a guy, I don't have to throw that on the, on the, of the, the black away, I can throw it three inches off the plate to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. because I know he's trying to get it going. And the only way he thinks he can get it going is to swing his way through it. Swing his way through it. And I got a dude that throws 88 who can manipulate the changeup and throw the sinker. So when I saw that and I saw sinker changeup, all I could see is pronating away. What do these right handed hitters have issues with? I'm going to get you looking in because I can pound it in there occasionally with the cutter, which is what he has. And now I'm going to try and get you out of way to let you get yourself out. This gets back to that point of I'm going to have to be real good if I'm a hitter in the Blue Jays lineup tonight of zoning in. I'm going to give you that ball away. I'm going to give it to you. Here it is. You can have it. If you if you get me out all night with it. that's fine. But if you come on the plate, I'm going back leg city. We're going to see if they're good enough to do it tonight. This should be, if you're looking for sweep, You just beat two righties. You got a lefty coming with one of the supposedly air quotes, best right-handed lineups in baseball. It's time. You're at home. And Kevin Gossman. I mean, it's the, if he's got a little bit of velocity, he doesn't even have to locate that. And he can throw that, that split thing thing that he throws for somewhat of making it look like a strike. He'll carve his team up. But for me, it's about the lineup. Can the lineup lay off of Marco Gonzalez? He's going to tease you. Here it is. Ooh, he's going to pronate. Throw that thumb to the ground. He's got two of them. We're going to tunnel. We're going to look the same. It's about nine mile an hour difference. It's the sinker. It's the changeup. How can these right-handers, can they lay off that close one to get that cookie? Yeah, after
0: seeing after Logan well, A bazillion Logan, miles Logan an hour
1: 612. Yeah.
0: Yeah, stay hot. Mm-hmm. Thanks, but it's for, a, it's, it's, thanks for coming. It's the
1: big leagues. You're facing the best of the best. And now you got you're facing a a, this is this is for me anyway this is what the Blue Jays are all about this you beat two solid pitchers now you got a veteran guy who knows how to pitch see what you got if
0: and this is an if we'll wait and see but if Jordan Romano is not available for tonight how do you how do you play it if you're going they're
1: going matchups they'll go probably Jimmy Garcia I'm sure he didn't pitch last night so he'll pitch tonight he'll have some window of opportunity, depending on where they're at in the lineup. Rucky might get a couple of lefties if it's that, mm-hmm. you know, that lefty righty lefty, but you're thinking if I'm Charlie anyway, I'm going to give Kevin Gosman a little longer leash. Yeah. I, I, me. I, it,
0: Charlie was asked about Barucky yesterday in his uh, pregame media availability. And Shai touched about this. This is, this is what you call. No one likes to have an opportunity because somebody got hurt. But if Tim Mays is out for a while, you're not going to go out and trade to replace Tim Mazel right away. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to see if Ryan Barucki can take this and run with it. This is a this is a pretty good chance for him to do it. And Charlie was asked, could Barucki be the guy? And he said, um, it, you know, if it's the Ryan Barucki we've seen the last couple of days, there's yeah, there's a chance.
1: I'm sure you'll see Petey and, and Charlie, too, have a lot of trust in their starters. Starters are good.
0: Lean it's at that point now, right? Lean, Wait, you've lean seen on this.
1: Him. Kevin Gosman's shown you enough that... He can be efficient enough. He can get three pitch outs, which he's done a lot this Give him year. A complete game. Give it to him. Let him have a chance to work through. And he has the seventh inning. He, he walks the first guy. Don't be in no hurry to go down and get him. I think you're going to see a little bit more of that because of where their bullpen's at. But it, we're
0: we're glossing. Well, on and it also points.
1: score some more runs. It, Yeah,
0: the <laughs> the decision's a hell of a lot easier if it's seven nothing. Sure, it, it's easier in some ways if it's one nothing you're losing, but easier in kind of the flip. The flip side of that they're, David
1: Phelps will be a big name too the way he can pitch to a hitter's weakness he's got enough you know fastball come out I think he's trying to force velocity occasionally you see him turn around look Charlie the, said he would be a candidate
0: as as well that because again they're gonna it is, you're gonna you're gonna go matchups and that's why you saw Simber got the chance that they got because some
1: guys are coming off ILS, they have a tendency to go through a little dead dead arm period and yeah. you see him chasing velocity he's done that the last couple of times but I like score runs Yeah, score runs, and then we don't have to worry about it. There
0: you go. Take as many decisions as you can out of the hands of the manager. No disrespect to Charlie, but I'm sure most managers would... uh, He'd be okay with that. He'd be okay with not (laughs) having to make a tough call. Believe me, I'm sure he would. That's it for Blair and Barker today. We will be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. You can join Kevin and myself tonight immediately following the Blue Jays game for Blue Jays Talk. Have a great day.